Welcome. Together, we're going to explore our personal finances and figure out how to improve them. Whether you're just getting started in life on your finances, or you may already have a home and a car payment, and you're struggling to get credit cards under control, or you're getting a later start in life on saving for retirement, ReducedDebtIncreasedWealth.com is a podcast to educate those to improve personal finances whether it's eliminating debt or making smart investments. Hello, Mr. Chuck here. This episode is How to Save Money. I've been doing some research and I've found that some of you out there, one in four Americans, have no emergency savings and you don't, you're not going to be able to get by without a cash cushion, which is really surprising. One in four Americans have no emergency savings, and you don't have a savings account. And here's some of the most common excuses people use. I don't know where to save. I don't know how to save. I can't save. I don't have enough money to save. Prices have gone up, and now I can't save. If you're using one of those excuses, shame on you. And it's just an excuse. I always found it be gratifying when I paid myself first, is what I refer to it. Even if I could only put $5 a pay or $10 a pay into a savings account, and that's where you save to get started. A savings account is what you find at your bank. So if you have a checking account and you don't have a savings account, you need to go to your bank, set up a savings account. I believe nowadays it may be lower, but when I set up my savings account some years ago, you had to have at least $50 to get it started. They may work with you if you've been, if you've had your checking account with them for a long time. They may let you get started for less money than $50, but if you can't, scrap aside, script up and put aside $50 to get a savings account started, you're really in bad shape. Remember, my way to reduce debt is to pay the minimum balance on your credit cards. If you start paying the minimum balance on your credit cards, Instead of an extra 50 or 100 or 10 or 20 or whatever the extra you've been paying, that should free up some money for you to get a savings account set up and get one started if you don't have one or at least to get your emergency fund started. So it's all interrelated. Personal finance is all interrelated. If you don't do one part of it, the rest of it's not going to work. It's going to fall apart and you're going to be in trouble. One of the biggest keys to financial success is three accounts. A checking account that you use to pay all your bills. And you want to keep track of the bills you're paying. So that's why you have a checking account because it keeps a track of that for you. Savings account. Money where you set aside to have an emergency fund so you can stop using credit, especially credit cards, and then a retirement account, which a lot of people have a retirement account through work, so it's no really big deal. 
If you're self-employed, you can have a 401, an individual retirement account, an IRA, a simple IRA. There's lots of options out there depending on how much you can put aside and put into that account. There's, there's a lot of options and a lot of benefits. And one of the ways you can free up money to save is by paying down your credit card debt or your student loans which is a way to free it up. But I recommend when you're just getting started, pay the minimum balance on all your credit cards, pay the minimum amount on all your loans, and quit paying that extra until you have an emergency fund with adequate amount of money in there. And that would be left up to you how much adequate amount of money would be. Now, I know a savings account doesn't pay a lot of interest, but if you only got a few hundred bucks, it doesn't really matter, or even a few thousand dollars, because remember, on my plan, if you're trying to get out of debt, we're going to use the savings account as your emergency fund. You're going to build it up slowly over time. You're going to leave that money in the savings account where it's accessible. It's liquid, meaning you can get to it and transfer it to your checking account. And you have it the same day. You don't have to wait for it. And you can meet that emergency payment, whatever that would be, or pay down some credit card debt, whatever, however, whatever you're doing. The importance of a savings account is easy overlooked. The checking account is the workhorse of your finances. Your direct deposit, your bank cards, and your auto pay bill accounts are likely connected to your checking account. So you feel like your savings accounts are better placed in investments where they can grow over time, which is yes and no. Your short-term goals should be kept in a savings account so it's easily accessible. Your long-term goals could be placed into investments where they have time to grow. If you use your savings account, it's a way you can Put extra money in there. Say you put your extra five or ten dollars in there, uh, a pay, but you want the whole money aside because you know you have a bill coming up next month. You can put that extra two or three hundred dollars you're saving up for next month's payment in the savings account. That way you won't accidentally spend it. So it also you can use as a way to curb your temptation to spend. Because if you know you got money in your checking account, you're more prone to spend it, to indulge in something you really don't need at that particular time. If you've been listening to other people about budgets and the 30-day rule, if anything's over $25, you wait 30 days before you buy it to make sure you still want it or need it, whatever. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You need to have a plan in place and you need to follow the plan. And the big, biggest part of the plan is a savings account and get the money in there. Now remember, it's federal law rules can only withdraw money from a savings account six times per month. On the seventh time, the bank is going to charge you a penalty. You don't want to be paying out penalties if you can avoid it. So plan ahead. If you think you need to use money or have money to, out of your savings account, take out extra 
and get it in your checking account so you don't have to make if you come up short you don't have to make another withdrawal so it's control try to control it savings account keeps your money safe it's fdic insured for most banks up to two hundred fifty thousand. you can save for goals which i would say short-term goals mid-term goals is good for a savings account once you get a emergency fund set up say over three thousand dollars and you don't think you're going to be needing it but you still want it handy look for a high yield savings account usually an online bank and it'll pay you more interest in your local bank but you still keep that savings account at your local bank that doesn't pay a whole lot of interest because you need to have a handy and you need access to something quick that's where you can go I've uh, had three articles and that are in my show notes that I've referenced. I've already been through two of them. And now how to set and reach your savings goals is the third one. And it's from thebalance.com. And what we're going to talk about here is saving for the long term. When you just put money into a bank on a regular basis, it's going to be easy to re- withdraw it for whatever reason. And you have temptation to spend it when you really shouldn't be. So if you have earmarked money for savings and it's a long-term goal, such as retirement, you should be putting that into an account that's going to yield a higher rate of return and prevent you from taking it out. And the way they prevent you from taking it out is putting a penalty on it. So if you have an IRA, for example, you can put up to 6000 a year in there. And you cannot withdraw it until you're 59 and a half years old. But you have to start drawing it by the time you're 79 or 70 and a half years old. It's a way to get started on your long-term goals, especially for retirement, would be to set up a IRA. And you can set up your monthly goals. How much can you afford? What do you know? Maybe you need to save up money for a down payment for a new car. Maybe you need to set aside money for a down payment to buy your first home. Whatever it is, savings account is going to be the answer. Put the money inside. Forget you got it. Let it grow. Try to add to it. Have your budget set up. Take, take stuff out of your budget that you are not no longer using, quit paying for stuff you no longer use, and then control your spending. And the money you save by doing all those activities, you need to put into your savings account. Whether it's specific savings goal or for long-term savings, I would do an IRA. I say IRA for those of you who don't have a retirement account through your work. If you have a 401k, the most common type, then you do not need to set up an IRA and you'd be penalized if you over-contribute money if you have a 401k and an IRA. So you need to beware of that. Ask your tax advisor about it if you have a 401k through work. If you could do an IRA or a Roth IRA. There's different types. So you do your homework and be careful before you do it. If you have multiple goals that you're trying to save for, 
such as your children's college education. You might want to set up multiple savings accounts for each one of your goals. If you have a goal for a bigger down payment on a home, you can have a savings account for that. You have a savings, a separate account for your children's college education. You have another one for your emergency fund. That way you can keep them separated. You can see how you're doing among all your goals. That would be a benefit of having multiple savings accounts. Also, your longer term goals, such as your college education for your children, you could set up a, on a virtual savings account through an online bank that's going to pay you a higher rate of interest. Keep your emergency fund at your local bank. Set your long-term goals up if you want to do it through a savings account, through an online bank, what I refer to as a high-yield savings. And that's high-yield savings is really a contradiction of terms. It's a higher yield than what your local bank is paying you. Whether or not it's high is subject to interpretation that one and a third percent is more than a quarter of one percent that's the point try to maximize what you're getting as uh, you want to get as highest interest rate as possible for your longer term goals and you don't want to tie it up in the stock market or take that risk then a savings account is a good place to get started once you get more money in there maybe you can get a certificate of deposit or some other instrument that could pay you a higher yield if you still have a long term to go before you need the money also you want to automate as much as possible to transfer the money from your checking account to your savings account now, I think a lot of people nowadays have direct deposit. The money from your employer is directly deposited into a checking account. So what you do is on payday is set up a automation where you transfer money to your savings account the same day you receive that deposit. If it's not in your checking account, you're less likely to spend it. If the sooner it gets out of there, the better off you're going to be. Over time, you'll get used to it. You may even forget that you have these other savings accounts. And when you go look at them, you know, maybe three months later, you go, oh man, I've had $200 in there. Now I got $1,500. I'm doing really good on my savings. That would be a, one of those feel good things. And as they always say, if you don't see the money, you won't miss the money. Also, if you get a pay raise at work, take the increase that you get and throw it in a savings account and try to live at the same level as you was living before you got the pay raise and that can help speed up your savings or increase your emergency fund. Now, there's all those little uh, tricks and tips that you can find. You could probably look up on the internet uh, keys to increase my savings and you'll find the same type of articles that I found. 
So that's all I really have on savings accounts. Other, you know, you gotta just it's a mind over matter. You just gotta make up your mind and do it. Then you got to feel the pain, push through it. Don't keep taking the money out of the savings account. Leave it in there. Try to get by on what you still have left in your checking account. And over time, you'll get used to it. If you have your budget set up and you start locating, identifying those items in your budget you no longer use or no longer need, you can start canceling it and free up some more money. So then the pain gets a little less and less. Get a pay raise at work, maybe. Get a bonus at work. A little bit less and less pain. It gets better over time and you get used to it. I've been making progress in getting my debt paid off. And I'm down to my home mortgage, my first mortgage. And it's going to be paid off within the next six months. Probably around the first of the year. 2021 so I'm doing pretty good so I was thinking my savings account you know I built it up I've transferred money to a high yield account I've done all the things I talk about and I was wondering why do I need to keep a, a emergency fund I don't really need a big emergency fund because I've trimmed my budget down I got everything under control I could just put that extra money into investments and let it grow and then today I got a bill from my doctor I go online and I look up like why do I owe I thought this procedure was a preventative measure procedure which the deductibles don't apply so the insurance company pretty much pays it all but they weren't. They were applying my deductible, and I have a high deductible, a family plan with a $10,000 yearly deductible because that's the only thing my employer offers. I, and that's costing me almost $200 a week. So I'm paying out, it's just say $800 a month for a plan with a $10,000 deductible. So I go in to have a procedure done that I thought was preventative measure. And well, it's the second time I've had it done. Five years ago, it was done. So they've rescheduled it and come back because, you know, they're looking for cancer. And I get the bill. The total bill is like $3,000. I'm rounding things off. And with my deductible apply, I owe $1,700 or more than half. I was like, why is that? So I today I called the insurance company. And yes, they said, yeah, it's, uh, it's all covered. It is preventive and maintenance and it's covered. But your provider, the doctor's office, they didn't code it right. So for some reason, uh, your deductible is applied. So you need to call your provider and have them resubmit their bill. Like, okay, well, that all makes sense. So now I call the providers. And they go through it and they, yep, because we, this is a common problem. There's two things. It, they either refer, and this is a colonoscopy. It's either referred to as a screening, which is 
subject is preventative maintenance or it's diagnostic, which is not preventive maintenance. I said, what's the difference? I said, well, screening is like when you turn 50, the first time you go in and you have it done, that's a screening. If they don't find anything and you come back in 10 years, that's a screening. If they find something and remove it, because remember, the goal is to prevent cancer. They remove it and you come back in five years. That's not coming back for a screening. That's coming back by diagnosis or diagnostic. And that's not, that is not preventative maintenance for your health insurance. And it's subject to your deductible. $1,700. Boy, I'm sure and glad I have an emergency fund. I can pay that if I want. But Ben, somebody that wants to maximize their savings as much as possible, I called the provider while I was talking to him. You know, at $1,700, I prefer not to give that up all at once. And they offered, you can do a payment plan if you want. But you got 120 days before it even gets close to it. So pay what you want, and then before you get you get your final notice, call us, set up a payment plan, and we'll do a payment plan with you. We don't expect you to pay that all at once. So I can save my emergency fund, stretches out over six months or a year, even longer, and pay it down. And if it was if interest rates were paying something, I could make a little bit of money on that money. I'm not sending it to the doctor, but that's not the case today. I just want to let you know there is a need. No matter how far ahead in debt you get, don't think that you don't need a emergency fund because you never know what's going to happen. And I did an episode on insurance. Insurance is not my thing. I don't care for insurance companies, but you need it. It's either required in some instance or you need it in others, such as health insurance is need. It's expensive. And as you find out, as I find out, it doesn't cover what you think it should cover. It always going to cost you more and more money. And health insurance is skyrocketing and it's not under control. Whatever they said back when whoever his name was president that year, going to keep your health medical costs down well that's basically not true that's the end of another episode i hope you found it useful and if you'd like to share this episode with your friends please do so i'm open for any suggestions for improvement or for information that you would like to talk about in future episodes you can go to my facebook page and leave me a message i'm more than glad to comply to find my Facebook page, go to ReducedDebtIncreasedWealth.com and click on the Facebook icon to go to my Facebook website.